keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you on this December the 19th. 2022, just days before Christmas. I know, it's crazy. You're thinking, but Joe, it's been Christmas since October. Just going to a Walmart near you. Yeah, yeah, it's not started yet, okay? So you can finally get ready, prepare to decorate your Christmas tree. You can finally start putting out Christmas lights around your house. Put out that uh, nativity scene in front of your house. Ignore the fact that your neighbor's been doing this for three months now. You can start. <laughs> Praise be to God. Hey, big breaking news over the weekend. Huge, massive. Argentina won the uh, the football, the the foosball, the football, the the uh, soccer match. What oh, yeah, they call foosball. that World Cup. The footy. The footy. Uh, so Argentina won. A Messi, of course, has the huge Jesus tattoo. So that means I guess we can all go get one now. And uh, congratulations to Arch- Argentina. Who's Messi? Uh, he's the, like the star. He should clean up a little the bit. The footballer. Uh, the question is, will this mean Pope Francis will finally return to Argentina for a visit to the home country since he's been... What do you mean, dude? He's been uh, there... Um, elevated to the well, chair. He went... Um, mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, he's not... I wonder. I mean, it's time for a home tour. Time to go home. Argentina is the winner of the World Cup. Praise be to God. Congratulations. Uh, oh, also, I think another big news over the weekend was uh, the pillar is being sued uh, by Archbishop Paglia. Uh, That's wild. Yeah. Uh, so apparently he didn't like their reporting on his using Vatican funds, allegedly using Vatican funds to renovate his apartment. So they're suing him. We did invite them on, but uh, they declined to come on. So we don't know what the status of that is. We'll keep you updated anyway. Oh, big news. Huge news over the weekend. Massive, massive news. Uh, Elon Musk has put out a poll saying, hey, do you guys want me to step down or not? Yes or no? Who You want me to run Twitter? I will do whatever you tell me to. As of right now, 58% of people said, yes, we want you to step down. So he may quit soon, which means all of my Twitter blue checkmark dreams are over. It's time to pack it in. <laughs> uh, so not sure about that. Uh, big news, huge news. I mean, massive breaking news over the week. I don't know if you caught this or not, but uh, Pope Francis has pre-signed his resignation letter. Are we instead of a Conte territory here? I mean, he's already signed the letter that he's resigning. Now, of course, yes, it's in case he ever is incapacitated or, you know, so he's still Pope. But that's kind of huge news. Like, it's weird, crazy news. What else? Anything Anything else over the weekend um, of note at all? Hmm. Oh, anything? Uh, Can you think of anything? Yeah, you know, there was, was that there... one story. I can't remember what, if it was. Something. There was something, right? It was like on was Saturday sometime. Something about a priest. Mm-hmm. Or... Yeah. No, I don't think anything happened. The Jesuit guy who had molested like nine nuns? No, uh, no, 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 no. We, no, we, no. We've, we've ignored that already. Oh, I see. Are you talking about the news about mm-hmm. uh, the fact that I made a gingerbread mm-hmm. house yesterday? Did you? Uh-huh. Did oh, you that, really? that was the big news, right? Have you already eaten it? Uh, no. 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 Okay. No. You guys eat your uh, gingerbread houses? No. What? I take a picture of it it's and post purely it on Facebook. It's decorative, guys. Come oh, on. I know what it was. Oh, I, I forgot. Uh, Father Provone has been removed <laughs> oh, from the priesthood. Oh, right. Yeah. So Father Provone was removed from the priesthood. So we're going to talk about that story coming up at 15 past the hour. So join us if you can. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, we'll also have a good time on the show today, I promise. Tito Edwards bailed on us today. Pray for him. Hopefully he's getting some rest. But uh, we are going to cover 
the grave injustice that I am seeing uh, all over the Internet. I mean, I've checked, I don't know, four or five sites at minimum. IMDb, Screen Rant, Yahoo. Uh, pff, the top ten list of greatest Catholic uh, Christmas or greatest Christmas films of all time have glaring oversights, massive, huge problems with them. So we've invited Jordan Pacheco to be on the show to address this controversy. Uh, it's going to be on the program, so join us if you can for that. But are you ready, Rudy? I am ready. Uh, you, I are said you, are Jordan bags packed. Oh, you mean for my vacation? For your vacation. <laughs> oh, it's not a vacation, my man. I'm going over to work. I'm a representative of California. You I know, see. So I have You're to, checking in with the home office? I have to go check in. Getting I have your to, shots, uh, masking. Exactly. I have social to distance. deliver my report on you guys, the Texans. Uh, uh, tell them what I've been seeing. Anyway. If you haven't seen the uh, Babylon B videos on the California yeah. movie to Texas, this is the part of the video. This is the worst This is the part of the video where they move back to California, right. realize how horrible California is, and then come back to Texas. Exactly. That's the part of this video we're at. All right. Well, we're going to have some fun. It's going to be a little salty and sweet today. We'll be talking about <laughs> Father Provone coming up, but uh, we'll have a good time with Jordan Pacheco talking about Christmas movies. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Monday, December the 19th, and here are your headlines this morning. LifeSite reports Pope Francis laicizes America's best-loved pro-life priest, Father Frank Pavone. According to the Pope's U.S. representative, the order for dismissal from the priesthood was a result of, quote, blasphemous communications on social media and persistent disobedience to the lawful instructions of his diocesan bishop, unquote. But Pavone said that he had no knowledge of the Vatican's decision. Ground News reports, so long, California. Major county votes to study secession. The November election saw Californians continue to embrace progressive leadership. That's putting it nicely. But voters in one of the state's most populous counties are so frustrated with the political direction that they voted to consider seceding and forming their own state. There have been more than 220 attempts to break up California over its 172-year history. The Hill reports Biden administration to buy 3 million barrels of oil to replenish reserves. The Department of Energy will purchase 3 million barrels of oil to replace withdrawals from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve amid high energy prices. The purchase follows a bidding process that began back in October to buy the oil for less than the average price it sold for. And Breitbart reports El Paso mayor declares disaster over migrant border surge and the end of Title 42. The mayor of El Paso declared a disaster due to humanitarian, security, and economic crisis resulting from mass migration through the city. Thousands of migrants continue to cross from Mexico into the city in advance of the end of Title 42, the protocol which is expected to end on Wednesday. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day, or should I say saints of the day, are the Vietnamese martyrs Pope Urban V 
And Pope, I'm going to, don't know the what pronunciation is the right one for this one, Anastasius or Anastasius the first. The Vietnamese martyrs are St. Dominic Uy and St. Thomas D. The Vietnamese martyrs were both tertiaries of the Dominican order. The St. Dominic, well, he was strangled at the age of 26. He was a, and St. Thomas was a Vietnamese tailor who entered the Dominican tertiary. He was arrested on the charge of giving aid and shelter to foreign missionaries. He was also strangled. They were both canonized in 1988. Pope St. Urban V was born in 1310, and in 1362, he was elected Pope, and he declined the office. When the cardinals could not find another person among them for that important office, they turned to a relative stranger, the holy person we honor today as Pope Urban V. The new Pope Urban V proved a wise choice, a Benedictine monk and canon lawyer. He was deeply spiritual and brilliant. He lived simply and modestly, which did not always earn him friends among clergymen who had become used to comfort and privilege. Huh. Interesting. Still, he pressed the reform and he saw to the restoration of churches and monasteries. Except for a brief period, he spent most of his eight years as pope, living away from Rome at Avignon, the seat of the papacy from 1309 until shortly after his death. Urban came close but was not able to achieve one of the biggest goals reuniting the Eastern and Western churches. As Pope Urban continued to follow the Benedictine rule shortly after his death in 1370, he asked to be moved from the papal palace to the nearby home of his brother so he could say goodbye to the ordinary people he had so often helped. He died on December 19, 1370. Pope St. Anastasius I was among the first to condemn the works of Origen. He was elected to the papacy in 399 and was a Roman by birth and little to, is known about his early life. In 400, he arranged a council to consider the writings of Origen. And after receiving a letter from Patriarch Theophilus of Alexandria expressing strong doubt about Origen's fidelity to the Christian teaching, the council condemned Origen's work as heterodox and Rufinius of Aquileia wrote to the Pope to defend his translation of Origen's first principle, which St. Jerome had attacked. Pope Anastasius upheld the council's decision, and he also urged the church in North Africa to continue its struggle against Donatism. He instructed priests to stand and bow their heads as they read from the Gospels, and among his friends were Augustine, Jerome, and Paulinus. Jerome speaks of him as a man of great holiness who was rich in his poverty. He died in Rome and is eventually buried in the catacombs of Pontien. He died on the 19th of December, 401. The Vietnamese Dominican martyrs, Pope Urban V and Pope Anastasius I, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 25. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the priestly division of Abijah. His wife was from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both were righteous in the eyes of God, observing all the commandments and ordinances of the law blamelessly. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Once, when he was serving as priest in his division's turn before God, according to the practice of the priestly service, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord to burn incense. Then, when the whole assembly of the people was praying outside at the hour of the incense offering, the angel of the Lord appeared to him 
standing at the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was troubled by what he saw, and fear came upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall name him John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of God. He will drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Ghost and even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers towards children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous to prepare a people fit for the Lord. Then Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel said to him in reply, I am Gabriel, who stands before God. I was sent to speak to you and to announce to you this good news. But now you will be speechless and unable to talk until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be filled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and were amazed that he stayed so long in the sanctuary. But when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized in the sanctuary. He was gesturing to them, but remained mute. Then, when his days of ministry were completed, he went home. After this, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she went into seclusion for five months, saying, So has the Lord done for me at a time when he has seen fit to take away my disgrace before others. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. That's a big one, huh? Uh, St. John remains in the forefront. It remains placed before us by Holy Mother Church in this season of Advent. Ignatius Catholic Commentary today said, Unlike Mary, I want to emphasize that, unlike Mary... In the following episode, in verses, uh, chapter 1, verse 45, Zechariah is hampered by doubt and does not receive the good news with faith. God strikes him mute as a temporary sign of discipline. Did you catch that? Ignatius Catholic Commentary, I think, points that out very well. Unlike Our Lady, she had no fear of this angel. She did not have hesitation at seeing an angel, unlike Zachary, the shepherds, Daniel the prophet, John the apostle, all of which see an angel and they fall to their face. Not Our Lady. Uh-uh. It's the message that Our Lady focused on, not the angel, unlike Zachary. Hey, we'll be right back. Father Frank Ravone and what's concerning us coming up next. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2, 10 through 11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. 
So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Years ago, when I started acting, modeling, and singing in Mexico, my Catholic faith was not the center of my life. It took me many years to discover that success, fame, money, and all the pleasures of the world were not going to fulfill me. I got to a point in my life where I thought I had everything, but I realized something was missing. Thankfully, I began a faith journey that brought me back to God and home to the Catholic Church. You can too. Discover more at CatholicsComeHome.com. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClyde. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. I don't think we can tolerate this any longer, to be honest with you. I think the moment has come. We have reached the hill to die on. It's this far and no further, brothers and sisters. We must stand on this hill and stand to the very last. Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Okay. What? It's an Advent movie. We can't tolerate this any longer. We're going to resolve this issue. Uh, coming up at, at uh, sit. 35 past the hour, Jordan Pacheco, who works for uh, the Augustine Institute. Some say the Gladtrad podcast, but do they really work? That's the question in my mind. But nonetheless, uh, we're going to talk about the top 10 greatest Catholic, or not, they're not Catholic. None of these are Catholic. The top 10 Christmas movies of all time and why there are some glaring omissions in some of these lists. Uh, Jordan Pacheco, who is a, a film aficionado, will join us for that fun conversation. But there are lots of stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you as well. Father Frank Pavone canceled from the priesthood? W- removed from the priesthood? Really? What could be the issue here? Father Frank Pavone gets removed from the priesthood, but Father, what's the guy's name? Rubnik, the Jesuit who molested nine uh, nuns, gets, to, gets, gets his excommunication lifted within hours from His Holiness Pope Francis? Father James Martin gets to continue on. I mean, there's just so many stories we might go to and say, like the, the priest in Italy who did the flotation mass out in the Adriatic Sea where teens were in, like, very scandalous bathing suit material. Like, this is okay, but Father Pavone gets removed from the priesthood. Let's conversate about that. Here's the article that I saw out of the Catholic News Agency. Headline says, Vatican dismisses Father Frank Pavone from, from the priesthood. <clears throat> This story broke on Saturday, by the way. How many stories break on Saturday? Just curious. The ones they want no one to talk about? Yeah, there's a, there's a clue right there. Uh, but here's a little bit of the article. Father Frank Pavone, a well-known pro-life activist and national director of the organization Priest for Life, has been dismissed from the clerical state for blasphemous communications on social media and persistent disobedience of the lawful instructions of his diocesan bishop, CNA, has learned. In a December the 13th, and the dates do matter here, that in a December the 13th letter to the U.S. bishops attained by CNA and confirmed by multiple sources as authentic, Archbishop Christophe Pierre the apostolic nuncio to the United States wrote that the prefect of the dicastery for the clergy issued the decision on December the 9th, adding that there was no possibility of of appeal. All right, so the dates matter. The issue, the decision comes down December the 9th. December the 13th, a letter goes out to the bishops. Article goes on to say, Father Pavone was given ample opportunity to defend himself in the canonical proceedings. And he was also given multiple opportunities to submit himself to the authority of his diocesan bishop, explains a separate statement attached to Pierre's letter. 
It was determined that Father Pavone had no reasonable justification for his actions. Pavone, however, told the CNA uh, Saturday that he had not been notified about the Vatican's judgment. Could you imagine? December the 9th, the letter, the decision comes down. He doesn't find out until December the 17th. If you are removed from the priesthood, you don't have faculties. You can't say a legitimate mass. You can't hear confessions. What does that mean for anybody he provided sacraments to during that time that he was unaware? Now, Adrian, could you play that clip for me? This is a clip from an hour and 45-minute video response Father Pavone provided on his YouTube channel and on his uh, Twitter feed. Adrian? That's all. And they always try to complicate it and make it mysterious. They'll say that I did blasphemous communications on social media. Yeah, I went overboard with one person. It wasn't even a post. It was a response in a, in a, in a one-on-one communication. And I was mad, and I had good reason to be mad, and I used the, the term uh, uh, GD. Sorry, I went to confession. Keep playing. You see, it's not about that. They just want to find some excuse. Throw Father Frank out of the priesthood. Tell you a story. The Bishop of Amarillo, some of you were asking, well, who is this bishop that's been causing so much problem for you? Um, the, the Bishop of, of Amarillo, Texas. He's, he's in his final year there anyway as bishop, but uh, Zurich is his name. And he called me into a meeting five years ago. He was, you know, complaining about my work like he always does. And he said, um, he said, well, you know, you, you, I don't want you doing this, uh, doing this work. And I said, well, you want me in the diocese? You want me to do, you know, you want to give me an assignment in the diocese? Is there any benefit to me being in the diocese? And he said, no. So he didn't want me doing work in the diocese, and he didn't want to let me do work outside the diocese. And I knew this already. So I said, well, you want me out of the priesthood, don't you? Now, there were other witnesses in this meeting, and I can tell you who they are, too. And they know, and they remember this. And he said, never, never, twice, out loud. Never, never. I would never want you out of the priesthood. This is my bishop talking to me. Never, never. Remember that, bishop? I'm sure he'll see this video. Never, never. This is in 2017. A few weeks later, after that meeting, I get a letter from him saying, I want you to request to be dismissed from the priesthood. And if you don't request it, I'm going to request the Vatican to dismiss you from the priesthood. So there is an ongoing history here between Father Frank Pavone and the bishop in Amarillo, Bishop Zurich. goes back many years, in fact, and uh, the article at CNA points this out uh, in 2008 when that bishop uh, came to that diocese. There was already some uh, conflicts there. In 2011, 2012, Father Pavone gets recalled to the diocese, and there was restrictions placed upon him. Apparently, the Vatican restrictions did get lifted, and he was able to go back to work. Now, Father Pavone tried to uh, get, uh, you know, switch dioceses. He tried to go to Colorado Springs, apparently. Uh, It's unclear exactly how successful that was, because clearly... This decision has come down because of repeated and ongoing conflicts between Father Pavone and the bishop in Amarillo. And there's two sides to the coin, to be sure. 
There's another side to this. I'd like to play another clip. This is from Father Imbarato. And by the way, truth in advertising, we've had Father Frank Pavone on this program a few times. We've also had Father Imbarato on this program a few times. Father Imbarato worked for Father Pavone for a while. Would you play that clip for us? I tell you that what happened does not surprise me. What does surprise me is it didn't happen a lot sooner, right, a lot sooner. Uh, and I am a little bit surprised about the way it came down. But at the same time, I, the whole honest and the whole truth, the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Uh, I don't think you're going to hear from the Father Frank side at all. I'm sorry. All right? I'm sorry. I just, I know him long enough. Uh, I was involved in the organization long enough to know that there's always spin, that there's always a marketing, that there's always a rationalization. Uh, and I think uh, the biggest problem I have, the biggest problem I have, and I confronted Father Frank about this is the unwillingness to say that I'm sorry, the unwillingness to say that I was wrong, the unwillingness to say, hey, you know what, maybe I could have done things better. And I had a conversation with him and he got very, very angry at me. My brothers and sisters in Christ. I, that's uh, good the right there. You, we'll link to both of these video clips in, in their entirety so that you could see them for yourselves. But I think... That is a good uh, illustration of sort of the other side of this conversation. It's clear to me, anyway, that there has been a very long track record of, of conflict, sort of a fighting for uh, who gets to decide certain things. In 2011, when he was restricted in, in Amarillo, uh, the arguments were over his financial practices as head of these organizations, Priests for Life and uh, Silent No More and, and all these others. And... Uh, and then, of course, now it seems that it's his political uh, ideology, his political bent, his political preferences that seem to be at the heart of the issue. Now, he did use the GD in a response to uh, to somebody talking about Joe Biden, and he admits that. He admits that in his video. He says, listen, I got heated. I got out of control. I went to confession for that. I repented, received absolution for that. Then he also put uh, the remains of, a ba of an aborted baby on uh, an altar. Now, the problem is that altar is a table. Uh, it's not like a, a real altar. They use it to say mass there. But nonetheless, maybe that was done in bad taste. Um, the, but I think at the end of the day here, um, when I look at this, as I see both sides of the coin, on one side of the coin, you have a priest who's fighting for what he believes in. You know, he has unabashedly, unapologetically fought against the destruction of human life in the wombs of mothers, in the tunes of millions and millions and millions and millions. The wholesale slaughter of millions, tens of millions of human lives. Uh, should we not get out of control? Should we not get angry? Should we not get heated about that? Um, of course, his political support for Donald Trump got him in a ton of trouble. People did not like that. His outspoken uh, criticisms of the Democrat Party got, has gotten him in a ton of trouble. And again, I think that's at the heart of the issue, to be sure. The other side of that coin says, listen, priests cannot be kites flying in the wind. Priests are, are to be under the authority of their bishop. The bishop is the minister of the diocese. The bishop has priests working to assist him to provide the sacraments for the faithful. Priests should not be little islands to themselves. There's also the, 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 the issue of the celebrity priest. I mean, we, we can all remember Father Karabi. Father Eitenhower is another good example of that. 
You know, uh, it's dangerous being a celebrity priest. Just ask one. Ask Father Leo why he left his diocese to go do his thing. It's dangerous. He has to walk a very fine line. He has to be careful. He has to, you know, guard his, his, uh, himself against certain temptations that will be prevalent to the celebrity priest, especially celebrity priest who does not live in community. There are dangers there, and I think that's what Father Imbarato is referring to. So it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword. There's two sides to this conversation. And ultimately, Father uh, Pravone has been the master of his own destiny in all, all of this. But at the end of the day... What do we see here? We see a great hypocrisy. Put anything Father Pavone has done uh, on hold for just one second. Any, any wrongdoing on his part, disobedient, fighting against his bishop, let's just say, to maintain that, uh, maintain that control over his world and not give that up to somebody, especially somebody who doesn't agree with him. <clears throat> Put that to the side for a second. The late faithful are seeing great hypocrisy. We see... A priest like Father Pavone, in spite of what he's done, being censured to the point where he's being removed from the priesthood. There's a great article from Father Gerald Murray on the canon law of the circumstances. Blasphemy, by the way, does not constitute removing someone from the priesthood. Very interesting. Disobedience can, though. Disobedience surely can. Maybe I will link to that article as well. But Father James Martin every day seems to embrace heresy. He gets away with it. Father Rupnik... The Jesuit who molested nine uh, nuns back in the 90s, his excommunication was lifted by his holiness himself within hours. He gets to continue on in good standing. But Father Frank Pavone, with his many sins that he has repented of and confessed, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, his ongoing control issues, he doesn't get to continue on. There's a hypocrisy here that is unjust. Let's pray and fast for Father Pravone. Let's pray and fast for Holy Mother Church. And those that make these decisions, because they do have authority. They have authority, and that's true. But that doesn't make it right. Hey, we'll be right back. Let's talk about Christmas movies. It's all coming up next. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says that it is in the old Christmas carols that date from the Middle Ages that we find not only what makes Christmas poetic and soothing and stately, but what makes it exciting. The exciting quality of Christmas rests upon a great paradox that the power and center of the whole universe may be found in something very small, a baby in a manger. And it's extraordinary to notice how completely this paradox of the manger was lost by the brilliant theologians, but was kept in the Christmas carols. The songs recall the main point of the story, that God once ruled the universe from a stable, and that the hands that made the stars were too small to reach the huge heads of the cattle. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross Studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network.
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now, here's a couple more headlines. Well, rather, here's an interesting story from Catholic News Agency. The headline is, How the Posadas Before Christmas in Mexico Originated. In the days before Christmas, the traditional posadas are usually celebrated in Mexico, recalling the difficulties of St. Joseph and the Virgin Mary in finding a place for Jesus to be born. How did this custom come about? Well, they say the Augustinians discovered that the indigenous people celebrated the birth of the sun with songs and lights in the month of December. So they decided to compare Christ to the sun and teach that Jesus Christ, our blessed Lord, is the true son of truth and justice. In this way, the Catholic priests gave them a new meaning, accompanying Mary and Joseph on their pilgrimage to Bethlehem looking for lodging. However, it would not be until 1587 when Pope Sixtus the sixth, the fifth rather, granted a special permission to Father Friar Diego de Soria to celebrate nine evening masses leading up to the days before Christmas. That was the time that tradition began. Thus, the Posadas began with the celebration of nine masses from December 16th to the 24th. Later, other elements outside of the church were added, such as the procession with the pilgrims and the singing of the Marian litany and the request for an inn, a posada, and the piñatas. Today, the procession, or caminita, involves a reenactment of Mary and Joseph's search for an inn. People hold lit candles and sing hymns. The group either carries figurines of Mary and Joseph or has kids dressed up as them. Neighbors coordinate so that the group will attempt to visit several homes but be turned away, as there will be no room in the inn for the Holy Family. Finally, a home welcomes the couple and everyone sings in unison as a door is opened. Enter, holy pilgrims, receive this corner, for through this dwelling is poor, though this dwelling is poor, rather, I offer it with all my heart, O graced pilgrim, O most beautiful Mary, I offer you my soul so you may have lodging. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Don't forget, uh, I, I sent the CDT Insider email out on Friday, and I'm giving away the Lego book today uh, on the Holy Mass. Great book, by the way. And uh, someone's going to win that today. So if you have not yet followed those instructions, go to that email, pull it up, follow those instructions, and you get your opportunity to win that book free thanks to Sophia Institute Press. If you're not on our email list, well, let me encourage you to jump on. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to look for the, the insider email list. There's a link there. Click on it. It takes just a moment to get signed up, and we send you free stuff, goodies, fun stuff, encouraging stuff, inspirational stuff, just to say thank you. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Speaking of goodies, uh, Jordan Pacheco's here uh, from the, uh, the so-called Gladtrad uh, podcast allegedly. <laughs> Good morning to you, Jordan. I tease. Well, I tease. Merry Christmas, everyone at it's not, Catholic Drive it's not, Time. You guys are absolutely Christmas. awesome. It's not Christmas, Jordan. I don't know what. What are you? What are you? What are you? What are you doing, bro? Modernist. I'm such here. a dirty modernist. Right yeah, like, did you? <laughs> let me guess. You've already decorated your house. You've already put up your Christmas tree. What? How dare you, sir? Actually, we just chopped down a Christmas tree yesterday. Really? Thank you. Like, good Christian. Really? <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, there you go. Not a modernist. Confirmed. Confirmed. <laughs> Praise be to God. Well, it's good to see you. Uh, thanks for for. So we're going to do a couple of shows this week. They're going to be very Christmas-themed and oriented, and this is going to be one of them. Uh, Christmas movies, greatest films of all times, uh, came up in my mind. I know that you're a, uh, you're a cinephile. You, you love movies. Uh, you work for the uh, Augustine Institute. You help edit films. 
And uh, I'm a big fan of the Augustine Institute's form. There's a lot of great content there that I'm a big fan of. Praise be to God. But I was looking at these lists, and I saw a couple of glaring oversights. And I wondered if you had in your mind, like, a list of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. Because I wonder if you are as equally heretical as these that I'm seeing. And I wanted to compare (laughs) and contrast. So, like, off the top of your head, what would you say are, like, the top greatest Christmas movies of all time? Well, it's obvious, and in fact, been sanctioned by the church that Die Hard, of course, is the best Christmas movie. Okay, and he's don't canceled. That. Can we cut him off, <laughs> Yeah, <please>? that's, uh, <laughs> do me a that's favor. simply incorrect, yeah. because Die Hard is an Advent movie. What? Think about it. Okay. Oh Think about okay. it. It happens before be Christmas, and mm-hmm. it's, it's a penitential because he's suffering, mm. he's getting ready for the Christmas mm. season. You. you know, what? I appreciate that, but at least we acknowledge that it's in the it's in the it's in the lead up to Christmas. Okay, so yes, obviously, if you don't have Die Hard up there, um, I think that the greatest. If you, we don't have Die Hard, I think the greatest Christmas movie for us is It's a Wonderful Life. Of course, I think that that I is like, so. like the quintessential. Um, every year I watch it, I just find something so beautiful about it. Right, the, not just the joys of experience Christmas, but obviously the importance of uh, of family. And I wish that yeah, obviously like. If you want something with more religious undertones, uh-huh. um, but there's a lot of depth to "It's a Wonderful Life." I mean, it's amazing. Like Houston killed it easily. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Well, let me give you some examples of what I mean by glaring oversight here. So, okay. uh, the IMDb uh, put up a list of the top 40 greatest Christmas films of all time, coming in at number 10 from 1984. Comfort and Joy. Uh, by show of hands, how many people have ever seen and/or heard of the film Comfort and Joy? No one. Uh, I haven't either. No one. So, mm-hmm. not sure. I, I saw it three times yesterday. What are you talking You're about? Right. <laughs> You're the only that's the three people that she watches that. <laughs> Number nine, Carol from 2015. Yeah. Carrie? Uh, oh, Carol. Carol. Carrie. Oh, yeah. no. Not, not Carrie. Wasn't that a horror film? <laughs> yeah. 20, 2015. Nobody watched that. Who <laughs> oh, yes. doesn't exist? Like, who's in charge at the IMDb? Like, what? Nobody's ever Die Hard at number eight. That's ridiculous. Oh, that should be way higher. Oh, heretics all. Blasphemous that it's even on the list. I mean, yeah. Good, <laughs> shame on all of you movie. for. Yes, not a Christmas it's movie. It's an Advent movie. It's a, it's a documentary for starters, but nonetheless. <laughs> uh, number seven, coming in at number seven, Bad Santa from what 2013. On earth? Oh, man. That's a oh, horrible goodness. movie. Oh, uh, goodness. That's a terrible who movie. Who writes this crap? Bernie Mac, though. Uh, so that's a classic. Bad Santa, 2003. Uh, coming at number six, A Christmas Story. Now, okay, I can okay. see why this made the list. At least that's, that it says. Yeah. So I don't really like Christmas Story, to be honest. 1983, it is a classic. I think it's, I don't know, now that I'm like older. Wait, are you kidding? It was filmed in 1983? Yeah. I thought yeah, it was way older than that. Released. <laughs> yeah. Now, everybody refers to this. It comes up every Christmas. It's pop culture. It's definitely a part of the cultists of Christmas movies. So I can see why it's on the list. It's not my favorite, but nonetheless. Number five, 1940, The Shop Around the Corner. Haven't heard it, but it's yeah. really good. How, how did this make the list? I mean, well, you see, this is like a film snob. This is someone who didn't want to be like mainstream. They're like, I'm going to find some obscure stuff. Right. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is like the top five. No, I haven't even heard of that one. Number four, A Christmas Carol. I'm glad. Wait, which version? Uh, that's, which version? Therein lies the trick. 1951 version. The 1951. Okay. So what is your? That's acceptable. What is your favorite version of A Christmas Carol? 
Well, if it's not that one, it's easily a Muppets Christmas Carol, obviously. Oh, that one's, that one's actually pretty good. How did this guy make our show today? I'm just curious. I bribed. A lot of bribery. <laughs> a Muppets? You, that's your favorite version of a Christmas Carol? Well, if it's not the 1951, listen, I'll go with my Muppets anytime. You better believe it. Okay, can I put up something sort of scandalous then? No. To you, to, to, uh, has it stopped you yet? To, to consider? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the uh, let's see. Uh, out of all of the Christmas Carol versions, and there's probably got to be, what, 100 versions? At least this. seven. Uh, you know, uh, the guy who played Patton was probably among my favorite version of of a Christmas Carol. Ooh, George C. Scott played yeah, that's awesome. He did. It's fa- I lo- I really much like that one. But I have to say, every year we probably watch the animated, the live action, or the live animate, like the the anima, not animatronics. It's an animated. Oh, that three D Polar Express animation looking one. Jim Carrey animated. Uh, it's got to be one of my favorite versions. Mm-hmm. Although they're very critical of religion in that, I would say, in general. Mm. There's subtleties that are like jabs, like jabs thrown in there. But it's just, I think, very good storytelling in there. But uh, you, it's, you're still holding on to Muppets. Yeah. Yeah, mostly because if, if the version of Christmas Carol you're talking about, is it that one with like the weird like 3D kind of animation that hasn't aged very well? Yeah. Um, I, it's because I don't want my children to cry when I'm trying to teach them some <laughs> themes for Christmas, you know? So. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Christmas Carol 1951 at four. Number three, Miracle on 34th Street. Okay. Okay. Acceptable. Mm. Acceptable. It's a classic. It's part of the cultists. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Uh, coming at number two, clearly and obviously a rated it R film. better not say Tangerine. Tangerine. From what 2015. I what don't even that? know what this is. Who makes this list? A when, prostitute tears through Tinseltown on Christmas Eve searching for the pimp who broke her heart. Nobody saw that movie. What? Nobody saw that movie. <laughs> it, was, it was shot on an iPhone. That's important. Oh, no. Was it really? Are you being yeah, serious? Yeah, that was why like, no one saw it, but everyone was like, oh my gosh, it's so cool because it was shot on an iPhone. Wow. When I was in it LA. grossed $0.7 million. It didn't even hit break a million. <laughs> and this is number two on this IMDb That's baloney. List. And then, okay, coming in at number one, It's a Wonderful Life. Duh. I want to point out, you can see the contrast of civilization. It's a Wonderful Life's number one. Everyone goes, yes, that makes a lot of sense. Number two is freaking Tangerine. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what a degenerate society we found ourselves in. If Tangerine apparently makes a number two list casually. Yeah. Duality of man. Now, what what, uh, what film do you think ought to have been in the number 10 that wasn't listed? Oh, dear. Um, Oh, man. Okay, so this is going to sound funny, but I love the Polar Express. What? I just think, I know. I know that's like heretical to say because I'm talking about Jesus. Honestly, it's very important to have Christ. Um, I suppose I like if. It. I like it too. I would have said Adventus, shameless plug for where I work. However, that's an Advent thing, so I can't even, I can't even do that. So. Yeah. You know, I agree with, with, uh, with the idea of Polar Express being up there. Why? I really enjoy Polar Express. <laughs> Why? Just because I enjoy it. I like it. Because it's entertaining. I, it's entertaining, Got and it. the, the songs are so uh, catchy. Mm-hmm. The, right. The, the uh, hot chocolate song. So good. So good. Where's where's Charlie Brown Christmas? Oh, where's Charlie Brown Christmas on this list? Yeah, that's exactly the issue. So uh, looking at glaring oversights from some of these lists, and I wonder, dear listener, if you might have your favorites, uh, you can always leave a comment on one of our live video feeds. That's uh, one great way. Plus, in the after show, we'll carry on some of these conversations. But coming up after the break, I'm going to read another top ten list for you to kind of round things out. This one is from the Federalist Society. We'll get Jordan Pacheco to comment on that. But if you've not been to Formed, can I encourage you? Go to Formed. There is some beautiful, beautiful family entertainment there that you should check out. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. 
Hey, Donnie, when we see Christ on the cross, what do we call that? A crucifix. And who said, preach Christ and Him crucified? St. Paul. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Your only daughter met a fine young man who was a committed Mormon. She now wants to join his church. What's your answer? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a reason for no. Doctrinal positions such as the deity of Jesus and the Trinity. Your reason for yes. You deem seemingly moral character as superseding biblical truth. Secondly, orthodoxy. Your answer is probably no. But how and why? Your resistance to Mormon doctrine does not just come straight down from the Bible. It comes from the first five centuries of brilliant theologians, bishops, and popes. These Catholics wrote, debated, and fought for truth. Example, in 250 AD, 311, and 417, three different popes excommunicated three different heretics, Sibelius, Arius, and Pelagius. They denied the Trinity, the eternal deity of Jesus, or taught that human effort warranted salvation. Would your pastor excommunicate a heretic? Well, unfortunately, your pastor can only remove someone from his local congregation. But that's okay. That guy will probably end up being welcomed in a church down the street. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Uh, stick around for the after show next hour. We're going to have a great conversation. I want to follow up on the Frank Pavone story with reading a little bit of the insight into canon law from Father Gerald Murray. Uh, I'll be bringing that to you in the after show, so do join us if you can. Or maybe at the top of the next hour I could do that as well. Uh, but that, uh, that'll be coming up. Jordan Pacheco is our guest right now. We're talking about Christmas movies of all time. One of the greatest scandals, I think, in the history of our current age is uh, the fact that uh, Carol is considered the greatest of all Christmas films, according to ScreenRant.com. It got 94% vote there on ScreenRant. Uh, Carol from 2015. Again, horrible. Hey, Grinch, you didn't mention any Grinch, Jordan. Why wouldn't you add Grinch? Oh, you know, listen, we watched the animated one only a couple days ago, and I went, which, yeah, this which is one? fine. A little boomer, but it's fine. Which <laughs> little boomer? Wow, which one? The one, the old one? Like the well, original? The, yeah, we watched the quintessential one with like the, the, the yeah. main theme, and I love the theme. I think it's such a fun theme. I thought mm. the story itself, it's okay, it's fine. And then as for like the Jim Carrey version, again, it's a fun version, but is it oh, my favorite no. Christmas film of all time? Nah. Mm. I don't okay. like the Jim Carrey version. What about Jingle All the Way? Oh, man. What about, so man, what about Mel Gibson's the, the Fat Man? Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah, that movie. Yeah, don't worry. It's Where's my Tim Allen Santa Claus? Why are we leaving that on the cold? <laughs> that was literally my childhood. Mel Gibson <laughs> oh, yeah. is Good the new too. Nick Cage. He comes out with a new movie every year, and it's the same thing warmed over every time. It's, some, <laughs> it's an old guy with a gun. It, it's just it's nothing creative. But he came out with the Fat Man. The CIA or the agencies have used Santa Claus to, to do some dirty work or something. I don't huh. know. <laughs> I didn't watch it. It was a waste of my time. Uh, but, uh, you know, so it's bizarre to me. Charlie Brown does make the screen uh, rant list, That's by the way. should. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life is down to number three on Whoa. their list. Little Women came in at number four. Little Women? Over at Screen Rant. That's a Christmas movie? How about this? Nobody's ever oh mentioned. Oh, my gosh. I forgot Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, that's the, acceptable. I thought that was a Halloween movie. Yeah, that's a Halloween movie. Is it? Uh, yeah. I, you I'm take your pick. Yes. Take your pick. That's how amazing it is. Take your pick. <laughs> Easter movie. 
Valentine's Easter movie. movie. <laughs> Easter, really? Yeah, it's like Easter for like three seconds. <laughs> I have not watched A Nightmare Before Christmas. It's ever, a good movie. Ever. Uh, we already talked about Miracle. Uh, the Grinch. Now, I-, I will say on the going back to The Grinch for a second, I my family really likes the Benedict Cumberbatch one that came out a couple years ago. We went to the theater to watch this with our kids. It was family-friendly all the way through. They actually play Christian hymns. Uh, they sing Christian hymns in the film. Very well done. Very entertaining. High quality. I, we recommend it for sure. What about Violent Night? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's like it's like that. It's like the the Santa Claus movie you're talking about. Oh, really? Except uh, it's uh, directed by Tommy Warkala. And uh, it's supposedly, I didn't see it. I don't watch these kind of movies, but I thought it was funny because it's a rated R, super violent film <laughs> yeah. oh, about, about Santa Claus. Yeah. So. You guys are taking me back, back to the old blockbuster days. You'd go in there. Oh, yeah. And Good just, times. there would always be this one weird uh, VHS on the on the rack, and it was like a killer snowman. I think. Yeah. Like, which one was that one? Yeah, I, can't I know remember. exactly what that is. Well, like, have Frosty? you seen that? Frosty, I think, is what it was. Was it just called a killer snowman? I know the I know the the, the box. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah, everybody's seen this. It was always at Blockbuster. I can't remember what the movie's called. Let me uh, look it up. Anelia's chiming in online, in spite of what her husband seems to think, as she seems to enjoy this segment. Elf, Charlie Brown, <laughs> Rudolph, Frosty, Santa Claus with Tim Allen, Polar Express. What was the Arnold Schwarzenegger one? Jingle all the way. Jingle that's, all. That's the that's jingle all the way. That's called yeah. Jack Frost. Jack Frost. <laughs> oh, 1997. Yes. Oh, the best Jack year. Frost. Oh wait, hold on. That was uh, that was uh, who starred in Jack Frost? Michael Cooney. No, uh, I have no idea. Scott McDonald. That was like my slightly irreverential Christmas movie when I was okay. a kid. Okay. <laughs> uh, Meet me in St. Louis from 1944 <laughs> is on the screen rant list. I think at number nine. Holiday, no, no, maybe that's number eight. Holiday Inn from 1942, Bing Crosby. I haven't seen that. Maybe you'll have to check that out. That had Fred Astaire as well. It looks like a winner. Uh, Shop Around the Corner came in at number 10 from 1940. So some old classics there on the screen rant list. But there was a Federalist list that I found very, very fascinating. Uh, Thefederalist.com, 10 Christmas movies that must be canceled by the end of this year. Uh Have to be. These insane movies have got to go. Uh, coming in at number one, Elf. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> what did you think of Elf, Jordan? Oh man, you know it's so, it's been so long. You know, every time I see a little scene of it, I kind of get nostalgic. But I'm so worried that my I'm going to watch it. My childhood's <laughs> going to be ruined. <laughs> <laughs> my wife loves Will Ferrell, by the way, but she doesn't like that movie in particular. So I, I think we're in for for a rough one. I think. I, I think my wife thought it was funny. I liked it. No. I like Elf. Uh, I remember liking it when I was a kid. Let's see if that holds up. Yeah, now, that's true. I haven't seen it in a long according time. According to the Federalist, Elf, on its surface, Elf may seem like your typical happy-go-lucky Christmas tale, but when many people don't understand is that the movie is unsavory to midgets or little people. Mm. Uh, <laughs> oh it, em- true. it employs so them, true, thank you very much. It's important to keep fair employment to come Hollywood. Thank you. Yeah. So, <laughs> Honestly, you, I, you see more midgets union is in not Hollywood happy. than any other industry. Yeah. Well, this is a satire. This whole article is satire. Just, Obviously, just thank you, Federalist. Truth in advertising. <laughs> a Christmas him, Story is on this in. list. Santa Claus is on this list. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is on the Federalist list. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. What? what? Oh, I never heard of that one. Isn't now, that bad? How come we didn't mention this one in the last segment? What is that movie? It always sneaks in. It always sneaks in. Would, would you consider this as one of the greatest Christmas films of all time, Jordan? 
Um, I consider it a Christmas film of all time. <laughs> that, that helps anybody. <laughs> it is certainly a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas film. What uh, is this movie? I've never even heard of it. Uh, what? Yeah. Chevy Chase? Yeah, it's Chevy no, Chase. Never heard of it. What? National Lampoon was like a whole thing before oh. it died and burned in a bunch of Man. mediocre fire. It's the greatest oh. Chevy Chase. <laughs> Not even a grand fire. It's a mediocre fire. <laughs> Greatest Chevy Chase film of all time. Some would say Fletch, but I would say Spies Like Us. National Lampoon was probably what he's going to be best known for, though, to be mm-hmm. sure. That's a shame because I have no idea what this movie is, so oh. poor guy. <laughs> You're in for a treat this Christmas season. I ain't going to watch it's it. It's a Wonderful Life, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Miracle on 34th Street, The Polar Express. Polar Express. And Home Alone. You haven't uh, mentioned Home Alone, Home Jordan. Alone. Okay, you're right. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do another another heresy right here. But I think Home Alone is better than a Christmas Story. I think Home Alone is actually mm. in my top ten genuine wow. Christmas movies. Love go. Home Alone. I love Joe Pesci so much. The first one, second one, or the eighth one? The first one and the cameo of Donald Trump in the second one. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> you can get canceled. No, but I, in fact, I was gonna I was gonna wish you all Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. But I was really worried that someone might not understand, understand that and you might get some angry letters sent as rude guests. Yeah. So Home Alone uh, on the list. Uh, so there is another film that my family and I started watching very recent, like over the past five years, three, four, five years, and that is uh, the Man Who Invented Christmas, which is the story of. Of uh, of how Christmas Carol came to be, and uh, it's a great film, very well produced, very entertaining. Charles, it's a, the story about Charles Dickens and how he came to make this story. It is very good. We highly recommend. it. Have you seen this film? I haven't touched it. When did it come out? Is it recent? Uh, let me let me look it up. Stole Christmas or the man, not the man who stole Christmas, the man who invented Christmas, and who invented Christmas. Uh, it's a good film, very good film. Came out in 2017. Okay, it, Christopher Plummer was in this film. Oh, oh, oh awesome. Okay, it, I'm already in. Super but good. But it's on the list right now. Yeah, I can't believe this is not on that list. It ought to be. It is so very good. Uh, what else? We had else? to make room for Tangerine with the other list. <laughs> yeah, clearly. What about Hallmark movies? Oh, okay. You guys like Hallmark movies? No. Do they okay. have uh, any redeeming quality to them? No. Mm-mm. Okay, listen, I'm going to say, again, I'm going to say something crazy. Hallmark movies are those things that I may never watch, but the older I get, the more I appreciate how there's a corner reserved for something good, yeah, wholesomely yeah. good like Hallmark. Yeah. So we like, watched. We actually watched one called A Dog Named Christmas, like part of it, and it was actually a decent plot about this like dog and this like family that was trying to like mm-hmm. kind of you know get back together as like a family unit. And I was like, this is really genuinely nice. And I don't want to say that to my wife or to my to my bros or anything like that. But uh, <laughs> y'all let this exist. <laughs> okay. Now, okay, we're gonna run out of time soon enough. So let me ask you a question. We haven't mentioned too many religious films, like. Out and out, really. Like I, we talked about this the other day, which is what made me think of this topic and having you on, because I was uh, singing the praises of the uh, the film on formed that goes to the life of the Holy Family. I like the first half better than like the last half of that film. Mm. I am a, a curmudgeon. I am a snob when it comes to Im- movies that depict Our Lady, and I'm not right. a fan of like the nativity. I've already spoken my criticisms of Chosen. They have a they have a nativity movie out actually, but yeah. uh, I love the one on Formed. 
But what do you like? What's your favorite religious Christmas okay. film? Is it, what is it called? Is it not The Littlest Donkey? But there's an animated film um, about that really small donkey that actually ends up being the donkey used by Mary and Joseph. Oh, the one that came out like uh, a year ago, two years ago. Well, I the thought star. it was a little older, but Nestor, maybe it the is, long-eared but, Christmas but donkey. It's, I think it's an older version is of it, that story. Is I it Nestor, the long-eared is, Christmas donkey? I'm, forgive me no. for not remembering, but like that film is a film star. about it, and it's just so nice. It's a nice animated film. My wife and I watched it a year ago. Um, she'd grown up with it, and I thought that that was just such an adorably good film. The star, like straight to the Christmas story. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. We got that for our kids too. The star. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, is- there's not. I wish. I wish there were more religious film, like expressly religious films. But I'm. I'm the same way. You know. I'm. I'm a very. Uh, the, the the chosen's one. I'm like, don't talk about. There's yeah. not really like, a good nativity one that's grabbed me like through the roof quite. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. I, that's not going to make me not just put on It's a Wonderful Life. To be honest with you, but maybe <laughs> there's a niche in the market there for. Maybe that's that's the calling. Hmm. Any anybody else have a favorite religious? Y'all don't, y'all don't see Nestor the Christmas Donkey? The long-eared Christmas Donkey? No, mm, no, no, no you don't like it? No, I haven't seen that one. It's a stop-motion movie. It's a, about the donkey who uh, was t- met our Lord. The really? Same, yeah, same Where story. does one find that one? Uh, it's like a 1950s stop-motion movie. Really? Mm-hmm. I have to mm. look that one up. Uh, Nestor the Long-Eared Donkey, you say? Nestor the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey. Nestor the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey. That's a long title. Yeah, it is. <laughs> a long title for a long Yeah, donkey. Mary of Nazareth is the one on form that I'm thinking about. What about uh, the little drummer boy? Ah, uh, the animation one from the, like, the original? Oh, yeah. No. The stop motion? Yeah. Yeah, that's a classic. It's, okay, it's what, fine. What about a VeggieTales The Best Christmas Gift? I, we oh, saw I totally didn't yesterday. think about anything VeggieTales. Yeah. I'd be willing to watch it. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah, that is. I think VeggieTales usually is good from back in the day, so I'd yeah. be happy with that. Uh, I feel like uh, we should uh, we should sue the original uh, creators of VeggieTales because oh. they bankrupted the company. They have deprived us of good quality uh, family entertainment. So we should hold them accountable. It's a good cautionary tale to make sure to if it's between religious and greater talent who's secular, keep in your religion. That's what that tale is. Yeah. Yeah, for Fast sure. Fast the veggie tail. <laughs> That's right. You know, it's yeah, interesting. Man, I don't know. I, I wish I w- I'll see what you're talking about, Adrian, because like that donkey movie like sounds familiar too. But man, like, yeah, there's not like a ton of. But like, there's theme. Like, take Home Alone for instance. And Home Alone, like, part of like the the climax is the fact that he makes peace with that old man in that church, right? When he's the guy's watching his granddaughter, you know? Yeah. And like, that's like a magnum opus part of the film. And I was like, wow, that's like really genuinely nice. You know, it's not like forced in her hand. This is exactly where he ought to be because it's Christmas Eve. Well, I don't know what films you're watching with your family this Christmas season, but hopefully we have uh, we have inspired you to avoid some bad ones, maybe watch some good ones. We'd love to know what you like. You can leave those in our comments, and we'll talk more about it in the after show. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you on the next hour if you can join us. Otherwise, see you back here tomorrow morning. Planning on shopping online this year for Christmas? Did you know that you can help the Guadalupe Radio Network when you do your Christmas shopping online? All you need to do is shop on Amazon Smile and 0.5% of your purchase goes to the GRN. Just go to AmazonSmile.com and select La Promesa Foundation as your nonprofit of choice. La Promesa is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio. It's that simple to give some extra help to the Guadalupe Radio Network during the holiday season. I had a personal experience that was life-changing for me. My husband of 21 years decided to leave um, our family, me and my girls, and 
um, in the midst of the absolute horrible heartache, I happened to be flipping through the radio one day on the AM channel because I didn't feel like listening to music, and I happened to find Catholic Radio. And ever since then, I have been tuned in religiously, and I feel like I have a really, really strong pull to the Catholic faith. The Guadalupe Radio Network would like to thank those listeners who have supported Catholic Radio financially over the years so that we could be there when Terry needed us. If you would like to support your Catholic Radio station, please visit grnonline.com and you can click on the Donate Now button. Again, we sincerely thank you for helping us to be there for Terry and everyone else that needs God's love. Each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox, goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Hi, this is Kim. This is Courage. And this is Chastity from 321 Voices. And you are listening to 1430 AM. Radio for your soul. KSHJ, Houston. Speed of Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Jordan Pacheco was a lot of fun. It's a fun conversation around Christmas movies. But clearly, clearly has no idea what he's talking about about some of those films. Like, what? <laughs> confession yeah. is in your future, Jordan. Go to confession immediately. Oh my heavens! Polar Express, really? Man, so good. <laughs> That's because you can't hear the bells, dude. I remember it's watching. Because you can't hear the bells. I, speaking of bells, the bells of St. Mary. We never even mentioned it. Like, what is wrong with us? Oh man, Bing's rolling over in his grave right now. Anyway, uh, yeah, the Polar Express. I remember watching that for the first time. Like, it was uh, I was at my sister's place up in uh, Lubbock area. And she had a huge, she had like a plasma TV. And I'm like, ooh, rich people. This is nice. <laughs> and she watched it in three, we had like 3D glasses. And I was like surprised. It actually looked 3D. I was blown away by that. It was super cool. It was, it was advanced for its time. But when you watch it now, you're like, they look like the zombie apocalypse. It looks like a, like it's not, <laughs> it didn't age well. The, the animation did not age well. Unlike, unlike Spielberg's 1010. If you go watch Spielberg's 1010, that that quality aged very well, in my opinion. It's still incredibly fun, entertaining, and good quality to watch today. But Polar Express, nah. It was, but it was early. It was what do you call that uh, kind of where they they took all the real actors, they the actors actually acted all the parts, but they had like these green balls attached, glued to their faces. CGI? No, they call that uh, mocap. What? Yeah. Mocap. Motion capture. Motion capture. Mocap. Yeah. Is that what the kids are calling it these days? Mocap. No Mo- cap. Mocap. That's what they call it in the, <laughs> in the industry. For real. So, uh, yeah, Polar Express. But uh, I'd love to know more about what you guys think are fun movies for the whole family. If there's something we missed uh, you, or you have an opinion on something, there's a really leave good it in one. the comments. There's a really good one coming out called Cortez. What? Yeah. 
Oh, my heart is going to be amazing. My heart just sunk. Wait, what? <laughs> Someone beat me to it? You should make a Christmas movie with Cortez. <laughs> with, maybe that's how I can get Mel Gibson to do this. Yeah. Maybe finally he'll be like, yeah, I can get on board with that. <laughs> <laughs> I already did Apocalypto, Joe. I don't need to make another one. So, Fat Man Part 2, Hernan Cortez. That would be fantastic. Hell, Hernan Cortez brought Christmas to Mexico. <laughs> Oh, don't get me started. That'd be hilarious. But nonetheless, all right, so today uh, in this hour, uh, there's several things I want to do. Number one, in the after show, I'm going to give a book away. We're going to give away the Lego book for the Holy Mass. So if you got the CDTNs that are email, you know what you're supposed to do. Hopefully you've done it by now. Uh, I'm going to try my best in the after show to actually do it during the after show versus what I promised to do last week and failed to do. But made up for it, nonetheless. Thanks. Uh, Clarissa won that book. But uh, she, Clarissa has promised to not participate in this one, <laughs> just to give somebody else a chance <laughs> at winning. Uh, Clarissa is a winner, praise be to God. Uh, but we're going to be giving away the Lego book on the after show, so join us if you can for that. And then, of course, uh, we are going to continue this conversation about your favorite movies or whatever else you'd like to talk to in the after show. But nonetheless, 15 past the hour, we play our game Fear and Trembling. And we have prizes to give away for those that want to play Fear and Trembling this week. But here's the catch. Here's the kicker. Uh, you do have to be the first caller. That's true. I'll give you that phone number at the appropriate time. Be on standby. But the real catch this week is Rudy is abandoning ship. Goodbye. He is packing his bags. It's over. He is headed back for California. Yeah. And... Uh, <clears throat> It's going it was to a fun Babylon Bee. You're going back a, to Cali. It was a fun experiment. You You're know? going back to Cali. And uh, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> After going back to Cali, he'll be back in a I'm week. Going, going. How's that back, song go? Back. Uh, going back to Cali. I'm going back to Cali. What nah, song are you talking about? I have no idea what so. you're saying, dude. dude come on. Uh, you must know the song. I don't know that one. I know the other one. What's, what's, just, what's the other one? Well, it's it's not a pro. I don't want to... The LL Cool J one? No, the Tupac one. No, I'm thinking about LL Cool J. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know any of this music. <laughs> Come on. So, You're from California. Um, it's required. They teach it in school. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, going back to, to the uh, the homeland, mm-hmm. got to file some reports, see some people. Styling, profiling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna... excited. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I feel bad, you know, because... Everybody's like, yeah, you're excited to see family, huh? I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, I'm excited to, yeah, go to the restaurants <laughs> that we don't have here in Texas. <laughs> you I keep love mentioning that. just the food part. The food is just the so food is not I'm that much better. You don't like California as much as you say you do. Right. Uh, look, all I'm going to say is that Quisados has the best breakfast tacos. I know Texas has this uh, this idea that they, they have the brisket taco. It's mm-hmm. good for breakfast. Nah. Quisados is the most incredible taco place. It's incredibly overpriced, but it's so good. And I just can't go wait to, to go just there. go to Brothers Tacos. The tacos are like a dollar down the down the road. Yeah, I don't know. I so don't good. Know. It's yeah. not the same. I think you could save yourself a lot of trouble. <laughs> He's gonna fly all the way to California. <laughs> just, money, there's plenty of heartache. great food right here. Uh, yeah. yeah. I haven't found it yet though. No. So have yeah. you gone to the loop? Who? In to the, the loop? loop? No. Why would anyone go into the loop for, for the Houston? good food? Mm. Uh, 
I go into the loop for a haircut. Well, we're going to be wishing you the best, (laughs) praying for your family to have a great time back in California. I suppose if you're going to have a good time, you might as well pray for your good time. Join the insider list. Uh, I'll I'll post a couple pictures there every now and then. Yeah, on the CDT group uh, on Telegram, uh, which good morning to you, by the way. We're grateful you guys are here. We always love our CDT chat. And it was very lively over the weekend. It was, wasn't it? news of Father uh, Pavone. Uh, which, by the way, so let me, um, there's one aspect I didn't get to in the 15 after segment of the last mm. hour that I want to bring and bring to your attention, but I think is important for the conversation. So as I said in our segment with Father Pavone, uh, on Father Pavone, there's two sides of the coin. Now, here's the article over Catholic News Agency with the headline that says, Canon Lawyer on Father Pavone's Dismissal from the Priesthood. Only the Pope can issue a decision without appeal. Mm. He says, on November the 9th, Cardinal Lazaro Yo Huangsik, prefect for the Vatican's dicastery for the clergy, dismissed Father Frank Pavone from the priesthood for, quote, blasphemous communications on social media and persistent disobedience of lawful instructions of his diocesan bishop, close quote. The decree shared with U.S. bishops in a letter dated December the 13th, written by the Apostolic Nuncio of the United States, Archbishop Christophe Pierre precludes any possibility of appeal. Pavone, 63, is a longtime national director for the pro-life organization Priests for Life, who is well known for his pro-life activism, politically charged social media posts, and public support of former President Donald Trump. Pavone's sudden laicization has shocked many Catholics and pro-life advocates. It was huge news. We almost didn't get the news that Argentina won the, the, the football uh, World Cup thing because of this. It was so so monumental. The article goes on to say, among them, what are the specific canonical crimes with which Pravone was charged? And when and how was he notified uh, that he is no longer a priest? Pravone, for his part, claims he had no prior notification for the Vatican's action until contacted by CNA on December the 17th. Is this plausible? To better understand the church's laws and judicial processes involved in such a case as this, they contacted Father Gerald Murray, someone else who has been on our program on more than one occasion. Uh, article says, ordinarily, it is the responsibility of the bishop of the diocese in which the accused priest is incarnated to investigate <laughs> accusations of blasphemous communications on social media and persistent disobedience of lawful instructions of his diocesan bishop, which are the two reasons given for Father Pavone's dismissal from the clerical state in a communication sent to the bishops of the United States by Archbishop Pierre. The Dawson Bishop, if he finds that a priest is guilty of such offenses, would then refer the matter to the Holy See if he judged that the penalty of removal from the clerical state was the appropriate punishment. The Dawson Bishop cannot, on his own authority, dismiss a priest of his diocese from the clerical state. Now, in, the, in that segment that, I, uh, that we covered this, I played for you a clip where Father Pavone states that in 2017, the bishop made clear to him that he intends to try to have him removed from the, on the priesthood. You can go back and watch that on our YouTube channel, Facebook, or elsewhere. Article goes on to say, furthermore, the Code of Canon Law does not state the possibility the, that the... Let me start over. Furthermore, the Code of Canon Law does not state that the possible penalties for these two offenses include dismissal from the clerical state. That's important to, to emphasize. The Code of Canon Law, this is according to Father Gerald Murray, a canon lawyer, the Code of Canon Law does not state that the possible penalties for these two offenses include dismissal from the clerical state. Canon 1368 states that a person who utters blasphemy 
is to be punished with a just penalty. Canon 1371 states that a person who does not obey the lawful command of his ordinary and after being warned persists in disobedience is to be punished according to the gravity of the case with a censure or deprivation of office or with penalties mentioned in Canon 1336. Canon 1336 5, which is not included in the scope of punishments for a violation of Canon 1371, mentions dismissal from the clerical state. Thus, Imposing dismissal from the clerical state for these offenses would require what happened in this case. That is, the issuance of what Archbishop Christophe Pierre, the Apostolic Nuncio to the United States, identified as a supreme decision, admitting of no possibility of appeal. Only the Pope, who enjoys full and supreme power in the Church, can issue such a decision against which there is no possible appeal. Ordinarily, the priest who has received such a penalty, is informed in a timely fashion. It would be interesting to know if and when Father Pavone received a copy of the decree in which the supreme decision was handed down and to see if the decree further specified the grounds upon which a decision was reached that he was guilty of blasphemy and disobedience. Father Pavone has been quoted as saying that he only learned of this decision, which Archbishop Pierre wrote was dated November the 9th when CNA contacted him on the 17th. I find that very, very fascinating. So this is this has gone all the way to the top. Pope Francis had to sign off on this. And keep this in mind, as we stated in our 15 past segment last hour, Pope Francis just lifted the excommunication of a Jesuit priest who molested nine nuns back in the 90s. So, and he did that hours after that judgment came through. Just hours he lifted that. And yet po, uh, Father Frank Pavone is removed from the clerical state. Did he do things wrong? Yeah, I believe actually he did. Uh, and we, we talked about that in that segment last hour. We shared both sides of the coin. Um, he repented of the sin of uh, using GD in particular. He talked about using the baby, uh, the aborted baby, on the, on the supposed altar, which is a table in his office. We talked about those infractions. And there's other issues, too, that go back years, many years, with Archbishop Zurich in Amarillo. So all of that is ongoing and known. But does that equate to him being removed from the priesthood? That's the question. Now, some have said that ultimately this is going to give our, uh, Father Frank Pavone even more opportunity because he will have less restrictions now as a layperson versus a priest. But nonetheless, we are seeing what we said in, the, in that segment a hypocrisy, a rule, a, like a double standard. If we're going to apply the standard, then let's apply the standard universally, right? I think that's fair. If we're going to apply these standards to say zero tolerance, remember that zero tolerance we were promised after the summer of shame in 2018, the Cardinal McCarrick story? Remember when we, we, were, we were hoping that we would see a third-party independent investigation to figure out exactly how Cardinal McCarrick could become a cardinal so powerful in the church, be suppressed, and then be revived to continue to travel and negotiate the, the Sino-Vatican deal between China and the Vatican. Somehow, some way, he was able to continue his, his work in spite of the well-known allegations against him. Somehow, that was allowed to happen. He is now Mr. McCarrick, but we don't have any, we don't have any, we don't have any resolution on that. Did you hear of any resolution? Massive public scandal deserves a response to the public. We deserve to know what the deal is because there's a public scandal involved in that. 
So there seems to be a double standard in all of this. That the recently the the Jesuit uh, priest who was excommunicated is a great example of. That. But there's tons of other examples that one might bring up to say there seems to be a double standard in all of this. Hold people accountable. Hold priests accountable. True. I realized over the weekend. Um, I, I had to remind myself, I should say, that these men are humans. Sometimes I personally can put them on a pedestal and think, them, think of them in perfect ways. The reality is they're just as human and frail as you and me. They get angry. They lose their temper. They, 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 they sin. And they too, like me, get on their knees in the confessional and they beg the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to forgive them. And they are repentant for their sins. And they receive absolution. They do penance. And they are rectified and reconciled to God. If I can expect that treatment, why can't I expect that treatment for my priest? So there does seem to be a double standard. Let's pray for Father Pravone and for those that make these decisions. Hey, coming up, it's time to have a little more fun. We're going to play the game Fear and Trembling. The question is, what will we do when Rudy's gone? Hmm, I have some ideas. I'll tell you about it in the after show. But if you would like to win and you want your chance, call right now. 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424-877-757-9424. First caller gets to play the game. Fear and Trembling is coming up after the break. 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Why do Protestants not believe John 6 when it says that Jesus' flesh is real food and that his blood is real drink? I don't know. In Matthew 26, Mark 14, and Luke 22, Jesus says of the bread, this is my body. He says of the wine, this is my blood. Not this is symbolic of or this represents. He says this is. In John 6, he repeats himself like he does nowhere else in Scripture to emphasize the fact that he expects us to eat his flesh and drink his blood and that his flesh is real food and that his blood is real drink. Anyone who says he is speaking symbolically and not literally simply is refusing to look at all the facts. Fact number one, the Jews took him literally. We see that in verse 52. Fact number two, his disciples took him literally. We see that in verse 60. Fact number three, the apostles took him literally. Verses 67 to 69. If everyone who heard him speak at the time took him literally, then my question is, why does anyone today, 2,000 years after the fact, take him symbolically? Also, in verse 51 of John 6, Jesus says that the bread which he will give for the life of the world is his flesh. When did he give his flesh for the life of the world? on the cross. Was that symbolic? If you think Jesus is speaking symbolically here when he says that we must eat his flesh and drink his blood, then you must also conclude that Jesus' death on the cross was only symbolic. It wasn't really Jesus hanging up there. It was symbolic flesh and symbolic blood. Jesus is clearly talking about the flesh that he gave for the life of the world. He did that on the cross. Those who believe he is talking symbolically here in John 6 have a real problem when it comes to John 6, verse 51. Did Jesus give us his real flesh and blood for the life of the world, or was it only his symbolic flesh and blood? A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling, (laughs) the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation 
by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now, your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. A Catholic trivia game show with secrets and agendas that you can't tell anybody ever for, for no reason. Don't stop it. Stop it. You're te- don't text them. Just, just keep this between us, right? There are a few things we do on the down low, the QT, right? And uh, number one is teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something that you did not know before. Praise be to God. Just imagine all of these Christmas parties you're going to. You get to brag. You get to throw out all of this Catholic knowledge that you have learned in fear and trembling. Uh, Praise be to God for that. Number two, we like to have a laugh, a chuckle, a good time. And we love it when our callers laugh at our jokes. I mean, they are required by law to laugh at our jokes. But nonetheless, it's a good time. And then we give out prizes, which means it's a winner for everybody. Okay. Because you could learn, you could laugh, and you could win. And sometimes you can do all three of those at the same time, praise be to Jesus. The kicker, though, the secret sauce is we don't ask the caller the questions. They don't ever need to know the correct answers, but could still win the game. I will, at least for the next couple of days, ask Rudy, and then I'll ask Adrian, one of which will give us a correct answer, the other will give us an incorrect answer, and then the caller will have 15 seconds to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? Bear in mind, Rudy's going to California. Just take that for what it's worth. <laughs> good morning. And then they go into the cup and they could win. Uh, but anyway, uh, good morning to you, Rudy. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Now, not that you care because you're like leaving us, but uh, what are they going to win? Well, this week we have an extra mm-hmm. every Sacred Sunday Mass journal what? that we're going to give away on Friday. That is amazing. I won't be here. Uh, yeah. I, can't, <sighs> I can't give any fanfare for it. Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. we had a pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, interest in this every every Sacred Sunday Mass journal. So we're going to give away another one this week. And if you're wondering what is this, well, it's it's actually a Mass journal. Mm-hmm. It has all of the readings. It has a space for you to to write out all of your reflections. And and I'm sure you've been in the position where you're at Mass. And of course, you're paying attention. Yeah. Your, your heart is there. You're okay. participating in the mass, mm-hmm. whatever that means. Look, squirrel. It, yeah. What? Sorry? It, yeah, squirrels. Um, and you get this holy inspiration and you think, oh, I'm going to write this down. I'm going to write this down. I'm going to remember this after, after mass. I'm going to remember this. It's going to change my yeah. life what as much as it's changing my life right now. Mm. And then that happens. Okay. That's why these Every Sacred Sunday Mass Journals are so cool. It's because there's a place for you to take their, the note and put mm-hmm. it in there. And mm-hmm. it's going gonna, it's gonna to help you to remember the readings for the rest of the week. So All right. well, we're giving that away. Thank you, Catholic Drive Time, for that uh, Mass <laughs> Journal. Those guys at Catholic Drive Time. Oh, so generous. So, and good looking. Amazing. Oh, just handsome, wise, yeah, tall, it's true. thin. Praise be to God. Hey, speaking of which, Scott, good morning to you. Good morning. Scott, thanks for being on our show today. Where are you calling from? Thank you for having me. Where are you calling from? Uh, McKinney, Texas. McKinney, Texas. Is, does McKinney have anything that they're famous for? Um, yeah, we're, we're considered uh, natural by nature, and it is actually pretty cool because we actually have rolling hills for the wow. cyclists to understand. Oh, wow. That That's cool. Praise be to God. And Scott, real quick before we jump in, greatest Christmas film of all time. What say you? I, I always go with It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. So, although yeah. I did watch Batman last year, and yeah. um, mm-hmm. I think that new one's 
um, Violent Night might be a sequel to it. Actually. <laughs> I, just, I couldn't get no gift. I, I, I somehow doubt that, Scott. But nonetheless, uh, are you ready to play, sir? I am ready to play. Praise be to God. All right. We'll start with Rudy, as is our custom, our church-approved tradition, at least for today and tomorrow. Beyond that, though, we just don't know anymore. We just don't know. Good morning to you, Rudy. No, Good morning. No tie. You've been going into vacation mode for weeks oh, now. Oh, man. I am like, ready for a week off. Ready for a week off. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. Praise be to God. Are you sure? Yes. Are you really sure? <laughs> I'm not ready. Okay. I don't want to I, go. Finally, the truth comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Refreshing. All right. Let's uh, let's ask this question on the list. Rudy, could you tell me what famous Spanish Catholic soldier wrote Don... Coyote. Don Coyote. Well, it happened to be a Spanish chap, as we call them. Oh, I do you. By the name of Miguel de Cervantes. How's it go? Miguel de Cervantes. Oh, okay. Miguel de Cervantes. 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 You gotta have the lisp in there, Spanish lisp. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, speaking of uh, chaps, I know Adrian is chapped. To hear this question being asked out loud. <laughs> so, Adrian, could you tell me what famous Spanish Catholic soldier wrote Don Quixote? Yes. So, I actually just started reading this book last really? night. Is that true? Yeah, it's true. Wow. And uh, the author of the book mm-hmm. is actually Eduardo Verastegui. You're kidding me. Nope. Mind blown. Yeah. <laughs> Years ago when he started writing books yep. <laughs> and acting. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right, Scott in McKinney, Texas, known for its rolling hills and beautifulness. You got options here. Uh, who was the famous Catholic soldier who wrote Don Quixote? Was it well, Ed- you know, Eduardo Verastegui, as Adrian says, or was it Miguel de Cervantes, as Rudy wants us to believe? 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Scott, what say you? Well, you know, I, I, I'm extremely jealous of the fact that Rudy gets to go to California and have a real Chileriano. Whoa. <laughs> he probably only understands that. Let's um, go. I'm going to have to go with Rudy. Going to have to. <laughs> yes. Ed- Eduardo. We like Eduardo for other reasons. Just not Don Quixote. Because years ago he started acting. Years ago. Jesus wasn't yeah. part of the center of his life. Yeah, praise be to God. Miguel de Cervantes is the correct answer. Well done. You're in the cup. You could win. Let's see if we can't double your chances with this next one. We're going to go to Adrian first. Oh. Adrian, this is a hard one. Uh-oh. Could you tell me the privilege of a criminal or refugee from secular justice to find immunity in a church co- is called what? What do we call that? When a, when a criminal hmm. hides in a church. When a criminal hides in the church, that's called the right of hiddenness. Mm-hmm. The right of hiddenness. Mm-hmm. It's very deep. It is. Very philosophical. It's, it's one might say it's occult. Is it? Uh-huh. The right of hiddenness. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, Rudy, uh, what say you, good sir? Could you tell me the privilege of a criminal or refugee, a refugee from secular justice to find immunity in a church is called what? You know, funny enough, oh, St. Martin Luther, he did this. Funny, haha. It's actually not very funny. Okay. Because this is a, a, one of the ways he got away with it. But anyway, uh-huh. it's called Rite of Sanctuary. St. Martin Luther? Did you say St. Martin Luther? Oops. Did, did you, I say that? Was that allowed? That was me. Uh, He's not slip? a saint. I see. Okay. I spit but, upon him. But nonetheless, your answer is what? Rite of Sanctuary. Rite of Sanctuary. All right, uh, Scott, you got options. Is it Rite of Sanctuary? That's what Rudy says. Uh, Adrian says it's... The right of hiddenness. 
15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Scott, what say you? I'm going to have to say that Adrian is wrong. <laughs> oh! I don't know if I can give him a Game date. Over. I don't know if I can give him a Ooh. bell for that. Oh, this man. Is like, Spicy. Go! <laughs> this is like watching Argentina win what is, over France. This what, is like what whoa. in the disrespect? Wow, Scott, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna drop Scott your call. the prize right now. This is <laughs> nail it out. The amount, of, the amount of disrespect on this Oof. phone right now is unbelievable. If I could drop this mic and walk away, I would. But it's on a stand. I can't physically drop it. Wow. But, and uh, the cable's inside of the, yeah. the thing. <laughs> Scott. That is like hmm. that's like ch- that's like Giga Chad level, <laughs> man. Giga Chad level. All right, you're in for and two. And I'm allowed to say his slang. <laughs> you're in for two. Uh, I, I, let's just say that this is all just uh, you know, just going through the routine at this point because clearly you're 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 the greatest ever to play the game, the goat. But we're gonna try it anyway. <laughs> Back to Rudy. Some would say goaded. Some would say goaded. <laughs> Rudy, could you tell me what is the common term for gloss glossalia? Glassolalia. Oh, thank you. Glassolalia. Glassolalia. Is that like a no, Selena it's glossolalia. song? Glossolalia. That is Latin for getting a shiner, which means what? getting sucker punched. I see. Yeah. Glassolalia. I got glassolalia. You sure that's not a? I think I've heard that in the top forty. No? Okay. Glossolalia. <laughs> You're saying getting a shiner, sucker punched. Getting sucker punched. This is a game that kids play these days. Really? Yeah, it's terrible. On TikTok? Let's see. Uh, Adrian, we're going to run out of time here, but could you tell me what is glossolalia? Yes, it comes from the Greek meaning glossa, tongue, and lalia, talking. And so it is speaking in tongues. See how he makes that sound legitimate? Hmm. Uh, Scott, is it speaking in tongues, the gift of tongues, glossolalia, well, that's what Adrian says. Whereas Rudy says it's the uh, getting sucker punched, getting a little glossolalia across the eye. <laughs> Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who's right, Scott? What say you? You know, I, I can see that Adrian was feeling very rejected by me, so I'm just going to throw a bone to him, and, and we're going to go with it. <laughs> you are a kind and charitable soul, Scott. You went out to the Frenches and you met him where you're at. Uh, you I don't know, s- man. You smell like a sheep I... now, Scott. You might smell a little like Adrian. I'd take a bath if I were you. Ouch. Immediately. Immediately. <laughs> Scott's pretty sturdy. Pray for me. <laughs> He's goaded. Everyone hates me. You are right. It is the gift I, I, I of tongues. Congratulations, Glossolalia. Glossolalia is the gift of tongues. I just want to make sure everybody knows the right answer there. Scott, you were fun. Thanks for playing our game. We're going to put you on hold, but uh, we really enjoyed having you on today. God bless you. All right, that's going to do it for the radio side. Join us in the after show. We're going to get your thoughts on Father Frank Pavone, Christian or non-Christian Christmas movies, or whatever else is on your mind. All of that and more coming up next. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. This whole community. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Our opening song will be, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. O come, thou rod of Jesse, thine own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell thy people save, and give them victory o'er the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. To thee shall come, Emmanuel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. You were sent to heal the contrite of heart. Lord, have mercy. You came to call sinners. Christ, have mercy. You are seated at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Let us pray. O God, who through the childbearing of the Holy Virgin graciously revealed the radiance of your glory to the world, grant, we pray, that we may venerate with integrity of faith the mystery of so wondrous an, an incarnation as always and always celebrate it with due reverence. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Reading from the book of Judges. There was a certain man from Zorah of the clan of the Danites, whose name was Manoah. His wife was barren and had borne no children. An angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Though you are barren and have no children, yet you will conceive and bear a son. Now then, be careful to take no wine or strong drink, and eat nothing unclean. As for the son you will conceive and bear, no razor shall touch his head, for this boy is to be consecrated to God from the womb. It is he who will begin the deliverance of Israel from the power of the Philistines. The woman went and told her husband, A man of God came to me. He had the appearance of an angel of God, terrible indeed. I did not ask him where he came from, nor did he tell me his name. But he said to me, You will be with child and bear a son. So take neither wine nor strong drink, and eat nothing unclean. For the boy shall be consecrated to God from the womb until the day of his death. The woman bore a son and named him Samson. The boy grew up, and the Lord blessed him. The Spirit of the Lord stirred him. The Word of the Lord. My mouth shall be filled with your praise, and I will sing your glory. 
Be my rock of refuge, a stronghold to give me safety. For you are my rock and my fortress. O my God, rescue me from the hand of the wicked. My mouth shall be filled with your praise, and I will sing your glory. For you are my hope, O Lord, my trust, O God. From my youth on you I depend from my birth. From my mother's womb you are my strength. My mouth shall be filled with your praise, and I will sing your glory. I will treat the mighty works of the Lord. O God, I will tell of your singular justice. O God, you have taught me from my youth. Until the present, I proclaim your wondrous deeds. My mouth shall be filled with your praise, and I will sing your glory. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. O root of Jesse's stem, sign of God's love for all his people, come to save us without delay. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the, of the priestly division of Abijah. His wife was from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both were righteous in the eyes of God, observing all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blamelessly. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Once, when he was serving as priest in his division's turn before God, according to the practice of the priestly service, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord to burn incense. Then, when the whole assembly of the people was, was praying outside at the hour of the incense offering, the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was troubled by what he saw, and fear came upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall name him John. And you will, you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers toward children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous, prepare a people fit for the Lord. Then Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel said to him in reply, I am Gabriel, who stand before God. I was sent to speak to you and to announce to you this good news. But now you will be speechless and unable to talk until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled at their proper time. 
Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and were amazed that he stayed so long in the sanctuary. But when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He was gesturing to them, but remained mute. Then, when his days of ministry were completed, he went home. <clears throat> After this time, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she went into seclusion for five months, saying, So has the Lord done for me at a time when he has seen fit to take away my disgrace before others. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus. <clears throat> In these days before Christmas, beginning on December 17th, we have this more sort of intense preparation for the coming of Christmas. And the Gospel readings kind of follow in a kind of chronological way the events leading up to the birth of our Savior. In the readings today, we encounter first in that first reading from uh, a, a, the story of the announcement of the birth of Samuel. We see how there's this parallel between Samuel and the, and the announcement of the birth of John the Baptist. It's interesting that most of the time when you think of John the Baptist, many of the figures that, that prefigure him in the Old Testament, of course, the figure of Elijah, uh, the figure of, of, um, of, of Samuel, who was the great priest, early priest, that uh, Samson is not one that usually comes to mind. And I think there's one reason why in this week of, uh, this last week of Advent, that Samuel is presented as kind of a prefiguration of John the Baptist for two primary reasons. One is that just like Samson's parents who were without child and barren, so Zechariah and Elizabeth were also this way. And yet it was this, through the announcement of the angel that something wonderful happens. And the very last word of that first reading I think is also significant where it says, the spirit of the Lord stirred in him, or stirred Samuel, Samson rather. We look at the, the New Testament, <clears throat> we start to see there's this contrast between the shift from the Old Testament to the New Testament, especially with how the Holy Spirit works. Sometimes Luke is called the Gospel of, Luke's Gospel is the Gospel of the Holy Spirit. Because he, he, he shows how the Spirit begins to work, how the Spirit in a way has been active in our life in the season of Advent. Just to outline those contrasts very briefly. First of all, that contrast between barrenness and fruitfulness, this shift from being barren to being fruitful, that is something that the Holy Spirit does within us. Barren in our, our works of faith, he makes us fruitful. Also, from moving from kind of an incredulity, a lack of faith, to a faithful acceptance in God. We notice this shift even with Zechariah between him and the Blessed Virgin Mary. Zechariah doesn't believe really the, the message of the angel Gabriel, but you see how Mary does. And as soon as Mary gives her yes, then the Holy Spirit comes upon her. We see also this contrast, this shift from the Old Testament and New Testament, the working of the Holy Spirit from being very manifest, God's works and his powerful, uh, his, his powerful manifestation, to a deeper hiddenness. Think, for instance, that the angel Gabriel appears to Zechariah where we would expect him to appear in the temple, in this holy place dedicated to God. And then Gabriel appears to Mary in a little home in Nazareth. Well, the, we see if the Holy Spirit, not just present in the temple of God, but then present 
in the little home which is our soul. This movement, this contrast. And then finally, we see in the Old Testament that the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> for instance, stirs in Samson or rushes upon David when he comes upon him. In the New Testament, he seems to come more uh, as, as gently coming upon someone, like the Blessed Virgin Mary, or upon us, almost quite imperceptible. We think of those words, for instance, in the consecration, when we ask the Holy Spirit to come upon the gifts of bread and wine to become the body and blood of Christ, we talk about them as coming like dewfall, almost imperceptible. You don't really see the dew falling, you see it on the ground. And this is the way that the Holy Spirit now begins to work. Does he still work in, in very uh, dramatic ways? Yes. But more often he works in this gentle coming upon us, of course in baptism, confirmation, those great sacraments, transforming the Eucharist or the, the, body and, the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ at the consecration, oftentimes very hidden and very gentle ways. Let us ask the Holy Spirit to, to, to come upon us in this way, in this, this holy season of Advent, to stir within us the blessedness that he can bring, the fruitfulness that he can bring, and a deeper faithful acceptance of God's will in our life. Amen. As we wait with longing the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, dear brothers and sisters, let us with renewed devotion beseech his mercy, that as he came into the world to bring good news to the poor and heal the contrite of heart, so in our own time also he may bring salvation to all in need. Let us pray that Christ may fill the Pope, our Bishop, and the whole order of bishops with spiritual gifts and graces. Let us pray to the Lord. That Christ may guide the minds of those who govern us to promote the common good according to his holy will. Let us pray to the Lord. That Christ in his mercy may free all who suffer persecution. Let us pray to the Lord. That Christ may find us watching when he comes. Let us pray to the Lord. The intentions of those who are joining us through Guadalupe Radio Media and online, through all those who are enrolled in our Soul Mass Association, the intentions that we hold in the silence of our hearts, we pray to the Lord. Almighty, ever-living God, who brings salvation to all and desire that no one should perish, hear the prayers of your people and grant that the course of our world may be directed by your peaceful rule and your church rejoice in tranquility and devotion through Christ our Lord. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, the fruit of the vine, a work of human hands, who become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Look with favor, we pray, O Lord, on the offerings we lay upon your altars, that what we bring, despite our weakness, may be sanctified by your power, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For all the oracles of the prophets foretold him, the Virgin Mother longed for him with love beyond all telling. John the Baptist sang of his coming and proclaimed his presence when he came. It is by his gift that already we rejoice at the mystery of his nativity so that he may find us watchful in prayer and exultant in his praise. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, plenis uncaeli et terra, gloria tua, hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, qui benit in nomine Domini, hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. The time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, 
the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. <coughs> The mystery of faith, save us, Savior of the world. For by your cross and resurrection, you have set us free. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei. We tollis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, Qui tollis peccatamundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God, 
Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be. The dawn from on high will visit us, guiding our feet in the way of peace. Let us pray. As we give thanks, Almighty God, for these gifts you have bestowed, graciously arouse in us, we pray, the desire for those yet to come, that we may welcome the nativity of our Savior and honor it with minds made pure through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks be to God. Our closing hymn will be Savior of the Nations Come, 302. Savior of the nations come, Virgin Son, make here thy home. Marvel now, O heaven and earth, that the Lord chose such a birth. Not by human flesh and blood, 
by the Spirit of our God, was the Word of God made flesh, woman's offspring pure and flesh. Wondrous birth, O wondrous child of the first. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Spreading the splendor of truth. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, I'm Samantha from Presentation Catholic Church. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.